want to welcome those uh, joining us online as well each and every week. Uh, some are checking us out for the first time as well, like in the room, also online. But there's also the, those that watch us each and every week, sometimes physical uh, sometimes there's physical needs and things that keep people from coming as well. I want to give a shout out today to Larry and Ann Gerard. I'm so glad that you tune in each and every week. And we're so glad that you're, you're all, all together. And we're part of it. So, hey, can we welcome Larry and Ann Gerard here today and everyone else that's online? We're so glad that you're uh, here this morning. Uh, we have, uh, we're in a series called Hope for the Holidays. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. But just a couple minutes, I want to set up. Uh, the, the different Sunday that this is. Um, if this is your first time here and you're going two offerings, my worst fear about church. Uh, this is give us three Sundays, okay? Give us three Sundays. Uh, but we're excited about this and this is something I really honestly I don't apologize for because the offering, uh, all 100,000 that comes in or more, or whatever comes in, all of it, none of it's staying here. We're giving it all away to give to the around our world through 162 countries through our uh, Nazarene denomination and um, uh, partnering with 30,000 other churches to do that. Um, we're gonna unleash compassion in our world, but we're also gonna unleash compassion in our community. And uh, the, what makes this different than the other years is in previous years, we've kind of done a 50-50, kind of 50 towards the world and community, uh, and then uh, something to kind of help us maybe with some special needs and things. Like last year, um, we said, hey, half of this is going to go towards funding the uh, children's uh, theater remodel and the lobby remodel out here of our children's wing. And it's like 85% done today. So go out there afterwards and see our children's uh, new uh, theater and the, the lobby. It's going to be great for Christmas Eve. It looks awesome out there. I say 85% done. There's some audio video lighting. There's some more uh, furnitures and fixtures and things still yet to come in. But uh, you know, about 80, 85% of it is complete and done. That was last year. Christmas offering. So thank you uh, for that. This year, uh, there are things that are needed around here. There's not that there's aren't th needs and things that you know, we're like we're done, but we just said this year in our first year of Inspired Church, we didn't want to keep a penny of it. We want to give it all away to our world and our community because there's some awesome organizations. There's some awesome, awesome partners in ministry uh, in our Reno County that are doing awesome work. Wish we could help all of them. I'm not gonna, you have received letters, you've received emails, um, you can read for yourself. So I'm just gonna highlight one that I keep highlighting because it's what really, different things grab our heart about this. What grabbed my heart this year was that when I first heard about the Sleep Type Foundation, I knew nothing about this until we were in a board meeting and it was brought to my attention about this great organization in town and the need that it is that we have young people and students that show up in Reno County, not, not Africa or world, a third world country, but show up to school, have to change clothes when they get there. That's humiliating and embarrassing because they have bed bugs that they can't get out of their home. And this is a, a great organization in town, Sleep Tight Foundation. Their goal is $60,000 this year. We just want to be the first quarter of that. We want to raise 25% of that. So you'll see 15,000 of that is going to go to the Sleep Tight Foundation. I heard some, I don't want to tell every detail, but just how some of these kids, it's hard for them to sleep at night because that's when the bed bugs come out. So I just don't think that should happen anywhere. And so we want to do our part to do some things to make a difference in our world. Of course, there's other things. First call for help is awesome in our community, open door. There's just the four fund that will fund our serve day. It will also, it's the things that we do in our community throughout the year that are all for others, for our schools, for our first responders, uh, different things that we're able to do is all throughout. So none of it's kept 
this year. We're giving it all away and I couldn't be more excited to do so. So thank you in advance for that. Why do we do this? Well, I hang out with some pastors on Wednesday mornings in town um, and we have coffee together. Uh, one of those pastors, uh, Kendall Sheets from Hope Church, um, he's a, as big a OU fan as I am a Denver Bronco fan. And uh, he was telling a story about how there was this, this uh, uh, social media thing that went viral at one of the OU fans who had one tooth. And it just went viral and everyone was making fun of it and laughing. But a dentist saw it and did not laugh. Saw, had compassion, found this man, put a whole new set of teeth in him because God brings people into our lives that he wants us to partner with. And uh, the new spring pastor in Wichita, uh, one of our friends in our church that couldn't be here last Sunday and they didn't watch me or watch Christy, they didn't watch us. They, they chose to watch new spring, I guess. Um, he was telling me about this. I love this. I love this quote from uh, Pastor Hoover. He says, God is not a charity looking for a donor. God is an entrepreneur looking for a partner. God doesn't need our money, but he wants us to partner with him. We are the plan A to make a difference in this world. Um, the, the other thing that was really cool at our pastors get together is um, Pastor Andy Addis from Crosspoint gave us all a gift. And uh, we don't normally exchange gifts, but he said, hey, this is really cool. He said, I came across this in a state sale on eBay or something like that. It's a widow's mite. Uh, we know the story in the scripture where Jesus, they were receiving an offering like we're going to receive today. And Jesus and his disciples, uh, he pointed out to his disciples, hey, look, all these, most of these people gave out of the abundance of what they have. This widow gave everything that she had. She gave two mites. Uh, now, widow's mite um, is my understanding that you can find these, maybe get on eBay or something and find them from AD 400 to about AD 1200. But you won't find many of these. There's like 600 of them in the world. And this is from 50 BC to 400 AD. So I'm not saying it's the widow's might, but it was like the widow's might. I'm not saying that this touched the disciples' hands or Jesus' hands, but it could have touched the disciples' hands or Jesus' hand because this was in circulation back in 40 BC to 400 AD. Uh, Keith, I'm gonna trust you with this to uh, pass this around you look at it for a little bit, then pass it around. We'll try to get this section, then get this section. Um, if I just want you to, now I want this back. I mean, this was given a gift to me. So uh, I trusted the first service and it was given back to me. I would like it back. But what I, I, I want you to think about it when you're passing it to those around you. And when it's in your hand, I want you to think about this widow who gave her best. And that's all we're asking of each of us today is not to give what we don't have, but to just give our best. And God knows what our best is. And uh, he'll lay that on our heart. It's gonna be different than what our neighbor's is, but let's just trust God. Let's give him our best and let's let him do the rest. Well, on to um, hope for the holidays. Pastor Christy started this series last week. I was gone and she, did she not knock it out of the park uh, last Sunday? You might have to clap louder because she can't hear you out there. But um, anyway, let her know. Uh, she did an awesome job. And I'm not just saying that. Um, if you are here today and you are, didn't hear the message, especially if you're going into this holiday season and you're not looking forward to it because you've lost someone 
or you're going through a, a divorce or brokenness or pain or hurt, some type of suffering, a sickness, an illness, if you are not looking forward to the holidays like some are, you want to go back and listen to this message. It's called, go to inspirehutch.church. That's our new web address, inspirehutch.church and watch Pastor Chrissy's message from last week. It's a reminder, she said to us last week that hope isn't the absence of hurting. They can coexist and we do have hope, but it, we're just human that we have hurting and we have things that are, I just encourage you, listen to that message. Today, where we're going is this, it's choosing what's best because we're in into this holiday season that we get stressed out, we get overcommitted. It's supposed to be a time of peace and yet it's a time of chaos. It's a time of anxiety. Anxiety's up during this time, stress is up during this time. And it's not because we're having to make decisions between good and bad. A lot of times we think decisions in life are just good or bad. No, those are, those are easier to see. And that doesn't mean we always make good decisions because we can see good or bad because we're all sinners. We've all messed up. But it's easier to at least see this is a good decision. This is a bad decision. The harder things to see is between good and best. There's a lot of decisions out there. It doesn't mean they're bad. They're, they're good things. There's a lot of good things that we have to choose from, but we can't do all those things. And sometimes it's actually choosing to make the decision between good and, and, and best and choosing what's best over good. Because we know when we see the word Christmas, we have all these feelings that may come up from within us. And those feelings that we know that we're probably supposed to feel are hope, peace, joy and yet we aren't always feeling hope peace and joy we're feeling more anxiety and stress we're feeling overwhelmed we're, we're preparing we're always doing things uh, and then we find ourselves and we missing the most important thing the most needed thing not just and we may be doing good things like serving Jesus but we're not doing the best thing if we're not taking time to be with Jesus and to remember his presence. So today we're going to take a story that's not a typical Christmas story, but it does bring out the Christmas spirit. This is actually when Jesus was an adult, when he was in, uh, had his three-year ministry. As Jesus and his disciples were on the way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister called Mary. Now, this isn't Mary, the mother of Jesus. This is Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, who Jesus raised from the dead. This is the, the Martha and Mary that we're talking about. And Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, it was Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what Jesus said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations. Some of us today were distracted. We're preparing for a lot of things, preparing for family coming in. We're preparing for the weird family coming in. I mean, who has weird family too? I'm not saying which side's coming or who that is. They watch online, I'll get in trouble. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Now, everyone loves a tattletale and everyone loves a snitch and everyone loves a person who has a pity party, right? No, we don't. Here's Martha tattletaling, but Jesus responds lovingly. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. 
Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. Now, if you're old enough in this room like I am, or if you've watched some reruns, when I hear Martha, Martha, I think of, you're already ahead of me. Marsha, 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 right? That's what a lot of us think. We think of that, you know, the, the Brady Bunch and we think of Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. When a name is said multiple times, it usually is a reason. Pastor Aaron months ago told us about when our middle name is shared, it's not a good thing in most homes. When my name, Kent Allen, was said by my mother from her lips, it was never a good thing. It wasn't an attaboy, it was something else. But this, when, when a name is said twice, it's to get our attention. And eight times in scripture, God says someone's name twice. He, he, the first time it happened was when he said, Abraham, Abraham. When Abraham was about to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, on the altar, when God had asked him to do so, God stopped him and said, Abraham, Abraham, don't do it. I see that you trust me. To Abraham's grandson, Jacob, he said, Jacob, Jacob, don't be afraid. See, Jacob was at the end of his life. He'd heard that his son that he thought was dead was alive and he was in Egypt. They were dying of starvation. He thought he was too old. He wasn't gonna see Joseph. But God said to him, Jacob, Jacob, don't be afraid. You're not gonna die in Egypt and you're gonna live to see your son. There's multiple times that this happens in scripture Moses at the burning bush Moses Moses which in my opinion I'm not God but I don't think Moses needed to be told his name twice uh, a burning bush that's not burning up would get my attention but maybe maybe he wasn't seen I don't know I'm not God but Moses Moses or Samuel Samuel to a young boy in the middle of the night who God whispers his name to give him his calling on his life or to Peter when he had, when he had uh, you know, always put his foot in his mouth and he said to him, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked you to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that after you failed or when you have failed, that when you turn back to me, that you will go and strengthen your brothers. I would love to preach a whole message just on that today because I love that about our God, that our God has gone ahead of our failures. He's already ahead of it. He's already ahead of the failures that you still have yet to fail. He's ahead of the failures that you've already done. God has prayed for us. Jesus has prayed for us. He's gone ahead of our failures. And he says to us, hey, when you get on the other side of that failure and you turn back to me, go and strengthen your brothers. Go and strengthen your sisters. Go strengthen others who have failed. Don't go strengthen others who have fallen down. I wish I had time to preach that message today. That's a, that'd be a great message. I love that about our God. He also said to uh, the Apostle Paul before he became the Apostle Paul, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Why are you hurting me? And of course, Jesus on the cross said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Maybe you're here today in this Christmas season. You feel that. You feel like God has forsaken you. You feel like God hasn't shown up, that he's not present Jesus knows everything that we ever felt, even to feel like the rejection of the ones who loved him the most. But here we have, these are life altering situations when God is calling out their name, calling out their name twice. And the eighth time he says, Martha, Martha. 
it just doesn't seem like the same intensity. It doesn't seem like the same level of severity. I mean, the other situations, we're talking life and death. And now he says, Martha, Martha. He's trying to get her attention. And I, he, he's like, you know, you, you are worried about a lot of things, but Martha, it's just dishes. It's just dishes. It's just preparing a little bit of food. And I'm not saying for anyone that'd be offended by this, that, you know, preparing food and around the holidays doesn't take time and isn't important and isn't stressful, but it's not life and death. And yet he says, Martha, Martha, chill out. Let me make this simple for you. Simple, not simplistic. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we were in staff meeting and we were talking about something. I don't remember what it was, but Pastor Dustin, I do remember what he said. Pastor Dustin said, well, Ken, are you looking for simple or simplistic? And I was like, you're gonna have to explain this one to me. Two years of kindergarten, you're gonna have to spell it out for me. I, what, what, what do you mean? It's the same thing, simple, simplistic. What is it? And he goes, he goes, no, there's a difference between simple and simplistic. I go, okay, spell it for me. And he said, well, simple is it's, it's easy instructions. It may be easy to say, but it's hard to do. You know, like Jesus said to pick up our cross daily, deny ourselves and follow him. Easy to say, hard to do. He said simplistic is more of a, there's, there's no value. It's shallow. And to take this passage today of this story, a, simpli- a simplistic version of it or a simplistic interpretation of this story would be that Jesus is saying, Martha, Martha, serving's not important. You don't need to do that. Just sit at my feet. Just come, to, come listen to me. What you're doing is not important. That's a simplistic view of it. A simple view is, hey, it's important, but it's not as important as this. The most important thing for you to do is to worship me. And, and it's great that you're serving me. And by the way, Jesus said, I came to serve, not to be served. I, I mean, a big part of Jesus's ministry and example to us is serving. But he's saying what's more important and what should be weightier is worship. In fact, our serving should be done out of a heart of worship. To serve without worshiping mean it's just really self-serving. It's what you get out of it. But when we're serving out a heart of a worship, it's what God gets out of it. It's what others get out of it. There's another story of simple, simplistic, just to kind of drill home that point. There's another time Jesus is talking to the religious elite. And he said, what sorrow awaits you, teacher of the religious law and you Pharisees, you hypocrites. Imagine if I talked to you that way as your pastor, how many would be here next Sunday? I mean, Jesus can get away with anything, right? He's Jesus. For you are careful to tithe even of the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things, you blind guides. There he goes at it again. You strain water so you won't accidentally swallow a gnat, but you swallow a camel. A simplistic interpretation of this, and I've had people through my 25 years of ministry actually say this. They were like, Jesus did away with tithing. Jesus did away with the 10%. Uh, there's not really anything said about Jesus did do away with the tithing. If anything, he raised the standard. 
He didn't say just don't commit adultery. He said, if you think about a woman lustfully in your heart, you've committed adultery. He said, don't just, don't just say that uh, you haven't murdered anybody. If you hate someone in your heart, you've murdered them in your heart. He's raised the standard on everything. And that's why we need his grace and his mercy. No, he's saying, no, don't, it's not throw the other one out. He's saying, hey, just realize which one's more important. Which one carries more weight? And what carries more weight is justice and mercy. Because you can give, as the Pharisees did, without justice, without mercy, without faith. You can give in that way, and it's just a self-serving. That's what it was for them. He's saying, no, and I'm not saying do away with it. He's saying, I'm saying, no, which is more important. Know which one carries more weight. And what carries more weight is mercy, justice, faith. Going back to the story, but Martha was distracted by the preparations that had been made. Martha's been distracted. Martha, it's easy for us to get distracted. Um, It's actually an occupational hazard for pastors to get distracted by doing good things called serving and doing ministry. We can get involved in preparing the message. We can get involved in ministering to the people and yet neglect the most important thing, being with God, worshiping God. I mean, even I have something that I don't think I'm, I'm, I don't mean to talk down. This is not meant to talk down. I just think you read the scriptures a little bit differently than I do. When I read the scriptures, I have an occupational hazard. Instead of just reading it for my own spiritual growth, and wanting to grow in Christ and wanting to know him more, it is so easy for me when I pull out the scriptures to go, oh, there's a sermon. Let's preach this. It can be easy to, to do things for God and not be with God. And the most important thing is that we're being with God. So we're putting God first in everything. God first in our day. Well, that's why we encourage the beginning of each year to put God first. Give God the first 15 minutes of your day. Put God first. Put God first in, 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 in your giving. Put God first in your living. Put good, God first in your prayer. Put God first in your day. Put God first in everything. And actually as a church, we're gonna do that starting off January. We're, we talk tithe is not just a money thing. Tithe is giving God our first. It's a principle of giving God our best. Um, it's even our family and our, our spouses. Actually, our spouses and our families get more of us when we give God our first. He multiplies it. It's, it's not letting anything come before God. It's putting him first. So one of the things as a church we're gonna do to start off the new year is we're gonna put God first in prayer. And starting on January 7th, we're going to enter into 21 days of prayer. 21 days of prayer and fasting. I hope you'll put it on your calendar. Monday through Friday night, 6 to 7 for one short hour. We're going to come. We're going to be in the presence of God. We're going to worship together. We're going to pray. And then we're going to uh, be dismissed. Saturday mornings, 9 to 11. Then, of course, church on Sunday. We're just going to, we're going to, we want to start our year off right. And prayer should be the foundation because unless the Lord builds the house, they that labor, labor in vain. So we don't want to labor in vain. We want to put God first. So I'm inviting you to as many of the prayer nights as possible. Let's start our year off, right? Let's give God our January. Let's give him our first of our year. Let's give God our best. Let's do that. Let's not let distractions get in the way. I want to share another thing, switching gears. Don't get caught in the comparison trap either. She said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I have two daughters. I get that. Don't get caught in the comparison trap. No one wins in the comparison trap. Everyone loses. 
And it's so easy to do. And it's human nature to compare. But when we compare, it either makes us prideful or makes us waller in self-pity. It can make us spiritually proud or it can make us waller in self-pity. Both are ugly. When, when you have spiritual pride and you think, I wouldn't act like that. I wouldn't do those things. I wouldn't sin like that. I wouldn't be like that. And I do this. I go to church more than they. I read my Bible more than they probably. I do this. I serve. I do this. I don't, I'm just, when we do that, spiritual pride, it's ugly. On the other side of the token, self-pity is ugly too. And when we compare ourselves and go, I'm not as good as they are. I'm not as great as they are. I, I don't have the gifts that they have. I don't have the talents that they have. I'll never have the resources that they have. I don't have this. I don't have that. They have that. I don't have that. That's an ugly thing too. God doesn't want us to think too high of ourselves. He doesn't want us to think too low of ourselves. He just doesn't want us to think of ourselves. He wants us to think of God and he wants us to think of others. That's the ultimate goal, which is so hard. And it goes against every natural fiber in our being. But that is the goal, that we're thinking of God and thinking of others. But not to compare, not to think less of ourselves or more of ourselves. Whenever we compare ourselves, we turn friends and allies into rivals. This can happen in churches. I'm glad that there's pastors that we gather on Wednesdays. For one thing, it reminds us that yes, we have different churches to lead, but we're all on the same team. We're not rivals, we're friends. And we're in this together. But if we get to comparing, churches can do this. We can get comparing, we're bigger or we're smaller. And then it turns friends and allies into rivals. We can do the same thing at work. We can take coworkers. And we can either compare ourselves and think that we're better. Or we can look at ourselves and see how far we're not as good as they are. And either way, we turn friends and allies into rivals when we get into the comparison trap. God doesn't want us to compare. So there's a better way. Choose best over good. Jesus said, Mary has chosen better. And he didn't say, Martha, you've chosen bad. He just said, there's better. Don't give up serving. That's your love language. That's what you do. But don't neglect being at the feet of Jesus. Don't neglect being with me. There's three lessons from, from Mary of Bethany. Not Mary, the mother of Jesus, but Mary of Bethany is found three times in scripture, she and Martha, in Luke chapter 10, 39, which we're at today, John eleven thirty two, and John 12, 3. In all three of these, there's a lesson to be learned. And the lesson is this. In all three of these situations that we're gonna look at, Martha finds herself at the feet of Jesus. There's no better place that you and I can be than to be at the feet of Jesus. You're gonna see not just on the mountaintop, not just in the valley, but in every situation, the best place that we can find ourselves is at the feet of Jesus. Today, we're at this place. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. She was listening to the words of Jesus. Martha was serving. It wasn't bad, but she was missing the most important thing. Every word that comes from the mouth of God, every word that comes from Jesus, every word that we can digest of his word to us is going to be for our benefit, for others' benefit. So we want to be in the word. She sat at the feet of Jesus just like a sponge listening to the word of God. And it's so important. And you're doing that today. You're actually spending time at church today, giving God your first. There's other things you could be doing right now. Not bad things, good things, important things, but not the best thing. 
The best thing God calls us to is to give God our first, to say, I trust you. Part of giving God our Sunday, it's not like you couldn't work seven days a week. You're still not going to get it all done. There's still way too much in 168 hours to accomplish. It's like we need more time. No, God said, I'm giving you Sunday or I'm giving you a day. It doesn't have to be Sunday. I'm giving you a day because Sunday, honestly, is not that relaxing for me. So I need a different day. So I need a day. I need a Sabbath. We need a Sabbath to say, God, I can't get it all done when I come to you. I'm trusting you. You're trusting God this morning. There's things that you could be doing, getting done at home, at work, but you're here because you're giving God your first giving God the first of your day. There's so many important things that we could be doing, but to give God our first, we want to come to him first because if we fail to meet with Jesus, we will end up like Martha, busy, but not blessed. Because if I asked every one of you to raise your hand or, or to raise your hand, if you feel busy, even our retired people feel busy. When my dad retired, he said, I'm, I'm not retiring. I'm just tired. <laughs> He's found that he's just as busy. He goes, I don't know why I'm so busy. I'm retired. It it doesn't have anything to do with job or anything. We can all find things that keeps us busy, but God wants us to be blessed. God wants us to be blessed and we're blessed when we put him first, when we trust him with our week, when we trust him with our day, when we trust him with our life, when we put him first in everything in our life. The second time Mary found herself at the feet of Jesus she reached the place where Jesus was and saw him she fell at his feet and said Lord if you had been here my brother would not have died this was Lazarus this is where this shortest verse in the Bible Jesus wept reminding us that Jesus feels what we feel I won't spend a lot of time elaborating on this point because Christy did such a good job on this last week that he's with us in our hurting But here's what I want us to receive from this. Something I don't know if you've ever thought about. You think, okay, I'm gonna give God my first. I'm gonna go to church, give him the first of my week. I'm gonna give God the first of my day. I'm gonna give the first of of my money to him. Uh, I'm gonna give the first of my, of everything I do. I'm gonna give the first of him. But there's something that you probably don't consider worship. There's something that you don't realize that you're giving God your first in what Pastor Christy talked to us about last week is when we give God are are distraught, our woes. Yes, when we give him when we come to him first for his word, but do you realize you're giving God your best when you come to him with your broken heart? When you come to him and you're hurting and you're lost and you want to throw up your hands, you want to quit and you don't know what to do. But the thing that you do do is you come to the feet of Jesus and you cry out. You might even say the words what Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You're giving God your best because you're going to God first. And when you go to God first, and the best place that you can go, and when you're, when you're down, when you're out, when you're broken, when you're hurting, when you're lost, when you don't know what to do, the best place that you can go is go to God. And when you probably didn't think about it, you're giving God your first. You're giving God your best. When you give God your worries, he says, cast all your anxiety on me because I care for you. He says, in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You are giving God your best when you bring God your worries. When you bring God your hurts. When you bring God your brokenness. 
And I said I wasn't going to preach on it because Christy really hit it good last week. I just don't want us to miss that point. We think that it's on the mountaintop and the feelings and those things when God's getting our best. No, God can get our best when we're in the lowest of valleys, when we give it to him first. The last is the time that Mary was at the feet of Jesus. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and she wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But the one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It is worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And as a keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. I just want you to know you can trust Brian Augustine, our treasurer here at this church. He does an awesome job. And we have accountability and measures and uh, systems and protection so it doesn't all fall on one person. Brian doesn't need it, but we have that in place of that. I just want to let you know that we have that. Jesus trusted Judas completely. He knew what he was like. He knew that he would do that. And I'm getting off on a tangent that I didn't even get on in the first service. He used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. So she worshiped by going to the word hanging on every word that Jesus said. She worshiped by giving God all of her worries. And now she's worshiping by giving God her best gift. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to give God, to choose what's best, to give our full attention to God, to give all our worries to him and to give our best gift to him. All three of those things are giving God our best. And it's actually what I'm inviting us to do as we receive the Christmas offering today is I'm just simply asking that one is we give God our full attention. It's hard for God to get our full attention. We have these phones. It's telling us the scores right now. The Chiefs aren't playing right now. Your phone should not be out. Um, I don't know what else is playing, soccer or whatever else. Uh, we sh- but when we give God our full attention, we're giving our best. In this moment, would you just for a moment, would you give God your best? Would you give him your full attention? And then would you give him all your worries? You didn't think about that's giving God your best. Giving God our worries. I don't know what worries you came in here with today. I don't know what brokenness, hurts, pains, addictions, lost things that you're facing today. But I'm telling you, if you give God all your worries, you're giving God your best. Give him your full attention give him all your worries and then what we're going to do today after that is we're just going to give God our best gift and our best gift is different it might be the widow's two mites and it's all that we had Uh, one of our young people I don't have permission but one of our teenagers sitting over to my left here I heard from his mom this morning or his dad this morning and said hey are you going to participate in the Christmas offering one of our high schoolers said dad I've already given I already went online I've already done that I love that I love it that a high schooler realizes that they can participate and be a part of this. The kids can participate in the, the part of this. It's not about the size of the gift. It's about the size of the heart. It's about giving God our full attention, giving him all our worries and saying, God, I just want to give you my best. 
I'll close with this before we receive this offering. I forgot to give him some instructions. So maybe I got so excited about this illustration that I forgot to give instructions. So at the time that we receive the offering, we're going to celebrate. We're going to sing joy to the world. We're going to give joyfully. These boxes are up here for this second offering. The Christmas offering envelopes are there. You can also, as this high schooler did, you can give online. Maybe you've already given online. Even if you've already given online, fill out that card today. I didn't share this. Bring it up here and put it in the red box. There's a place to mark that you've already given online and that you're going to give online. Just mark it on that box, the amount, so our uh, our counters can kind of tabulate that. And on Christmas Eve, we'll share the results of where we are here in two weeks. We'll do that in a few moments. My oldest, Reagan, she'll be home a week from Thursday. Riley comes home this Friday. Woo! It's exciting. Yeah, your kids are coming home too. You don't have to clap for my kids coming home, but your kids, your grandkids, we all get excited when they come home. Reagan's, uh, my oldest who lives in Florida, her former college roommate lives in Indianapolis. And she goes to this large church. I don't know the name of the church. I don't know the name of the pastor. I just know the story that Nicole shared with Reagan. And Nicole said, our church is going through this capital campaign like we did a few years ago. And it's a two-year campaign. And the pastor's asking all of us to participate, asking all of us to bring our best. And there's a college student in the church that the pastor told this story last week, two weeks ago. This, uh, this college student, not Nicole, her friend, but this college student at the church, um, she was wrestling with what she was to give because she was like, I don't have anything, God. I don't have anything to offer. I can't, I'm just a college student and I don't, I don't make very much money. And her own words were, my car's being held together by zip ties. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, 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 I don't have anything to give. And she said she was wrestling with God. And God just kind of said, just, I want you to give your best. What can you offer? She's like, she's a TikTok collaborator or a TikTok influencer. Now I'm just full disclosure. My girls know fully what that is. A lot of you know what that is. Um, I just hate technology because I can't keep up with it. I'm not, I'm not into TikTok. But it's the same kind of principle. You can make money by being an influencer or being a collaborator. And she, this gal was a collaborator influencer. I didn't know what that meant, except that in some of the things that she'd put out there on social media, the most she'd ever had in views was like eight to 10,000 views. And that netted her about $1,050. And I don't understand how that works, but she was like, God, if I... If I even get 500, I need to, I, she was just negotiating with God, she said. And God was just saying, would you just give me your next collaboration? Whatever it is, would you just trust me? Whether it's 150, whether it's 500, would you just trust me? Would you give it to me and would you trust me? She said, I stopped my negotiating with God because he was going to win. And so she said, I said, God, my next collaboration, I'll give it all to you. That next collaboration that she had wasn't eight to 10,000 views like the most she'd ever had. It was 18 million views. 18 million views that resulted in $30,000. Now I'd been thinking, hey Lord, I'll give you half. I gotta fix this car or get a new car. You know, I, and, and, but she joyfully went into her pastor and said, with a joyful heart, she went, she told her pastor, she said, pastor, um, she said, you were challenging us. I felt the Lord telling me this. She told her story and the pastor said, 
can I tell us the church tomorrow? I mean, I do the opposite. I ask for forgiveness and then before permission. The pastor actually asked for, you know, uh, permission. And she said, yeah, however it helps. He told the congregation the next day how, uh, how God had blessed her. I watched the TikTok video of her sitting in that new car talking about sitting in the blessings of God. And uh, the pastor called her Monday after Sunday and said, hey, I just want to tell you that there was a man in our church that heard your story and he was touched by it and he wants to buy you a brand new car. Isn't that awesome? Now, I, you can give God praise. You're not praising me. You're praising God for that. Here's what I don't want you to take home from that story. I don't want you to take home from the story that whatever I give, I'll get that and more. You might be tested. I mean, that's just the reality. What I want you to take home from that story is that she trusted. She said, God, I'm gonna trust you with this. I don't know the result, but I'm gonna trust you. I, I don't want you to take a name it, claim it, prosperity gospel. We're not a prosperity gospel church. We're not a name it, claim it church. We are a church that says you can trust God. We are that church. We're a church that says we can trust God and we can put him first and we can leave the results up to him. So today, as we receive the Christmas offering, would you just give your full attention? Maybe in your spouse, if you have a spouse, you shouldn't do these things alone. Maybe you need to talk about this a little bit longer. Maybe you had already decided to give, but maybe you're sitting here going, you're wrestling with God. God's wrestling with you right now. You're online right now and God's wrestling with you and saying, hey, this is what you thought going in, but God's actually saying, hey, this is what I want you to do. Give God your full attention. And then this is hard, easier said than done. This is simple, but not simplistic. Give God all your worries. Just say, God, I'm gonna trust you with this. I know you love me more than I love myself. I know that you love me more than anybody in my life. I know that you're first. I'm gonna give you my worries. I'm gonna trust you with that. And then simply just give your best gift. It might be two mites. might be what a high schooler that's giving today. Just give God your best and trust God with the rest. Give God your two mites. And while I'm on that subject, would someone please give me my uh, coin back at the end of this service? I would like to have that very much so. Would you stand with me? We're gonna actually just sit. Um, we're gonna do this. I'm gonna give you a, just a minute. Just, I'm gonna pray. You can be seated. I apologize. If you grew up Catholic, you're very comfortable with this. We can sit, we can down. And that's not a dig at my Catholic brothers and sisters in Christ. We just all have different traditions and weird things about us. Um, just take a minute. Give God your full attention. Give him your worries. Decide what's best. Fill it out on that card. In about a minute, minute and a half, I'll come back up here. Then we're gonna sing a celebration song and we're gonna give our best together and watch what God's gonna do with it. All right? Heavenly Father, bless what you want to do with this. We give it to you. We trust you with it. We give you our worries and we give you our attention in Jesus' name.
It's amazing what God can do with not one of us, but all of us. And when we all are doing our best, what God multiplies, when we bring our five fish and our, our two fish and our five loaves, and we bring that and we don't think it's very much. And you may be bringing something today thinking this isn't very much. It's not going to make a difference. If it's your best, it's going to make a difference. God's going to use it. God's going to multiply it. We're going to get a pass out some checks next year or right after Christmas to some great organizations, some great partners in town to continue the good work that God wants to do through them. So thank you in advance for your giving. We'll announce the results on uh, Christmas Eve. Would you stand with us right now? And uh, Heather and I aren't coming forward. Uh, we're not giving our best in the second service because we gave our best the first. So we're not, I don't want you to think your pastor's not participating in this. But just when you're ready, we're gonna celebrate through joy to the world, sing loud, sing proud, and let's just joyfully give our gifts to him today. God bless you.